0: Hi, I'm Melissa and welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast where we can normalize the conversation of motherhood and delve into issues that are quite often swept under the rug. Join me every single Tuesday for a brand new episode with a brand new topic. This is a mummy's club you want to be a part of. Hi and welcome back to the Mummy Warriors podcast. I'm your host Melissa and today I'm going to be joined by the lovely Gina who's going to be sharing her story on how she caught COVID whilst heavily pregnant, having an emergency C-section and being separated from her newborn daughter for two weeks. Gina, welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast. I'd like you to just tell our listeners about your story and what you went through. Hiya,
1: thanks for having me. So um, basically I got COVID at the end of January this year um I caught it from my husband and I was heavily pregnant and I went to hospital for a day and they basically uh, they just rehydrated me with fluids and then sent me on my way and said to like keep dosed up on paracetamol that was the advice I was given and then I think it must have been about a couple of days later I um started to get worse and I'm struggling to breathe and then through the night my breathing got worse so it was decided between me and my husband that we call an ambulance and um mm. i got rushed to hospital so once i was there i was struggling in hospital for about 3 days trying to they were just basically trying to keep me and my baby safe to a level where my breathing could cope and the baby wasn't too stressed so um yeah it was a bit tough um I would say that it was probably one of the most scariest scariest experiences of my life as at one point I did text all of my family telling them how much I loved them because I didn't think I was going to wake up the next day. Wow.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, so to the point where it was then decided with or without my permission that they were going to perform an emergency C-section, it was deemed that my baby would be, her life would be okay. That's why they, hence the reason why it was decided right. to do that Right. so that she, so that we could both survive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she was born on the 3rd of February. She was weighing uh, four pound one and um, she was then transferred straight onto a ventilator and into an ICU and I was transferred straight into intensive care. For the first three days, I would say I didn't really know what was going on. I knew I'd had my baby. I knew I'd had a C-section, right. but I wasn't really with it, to be fair. Um, yeah, so I was lucky that while I was in intensive care, that they there's a platform called VCreate. Um, if anybody doesn't know of it who is in NICU, then they should definitely look it up because it's amazing. And Basically, what it is is doctors and nurses can uh, take pictures and videos via this app. And then you log on to the app and you can see all the daily progress of your baby. Right. So it's like a little communication tool, which is amazing. Um, yeah. I've got, we've got an amazing consultant as well. He come down to um, intensive care and saw me all in PPE and everything to actually explain to me what was going to be happening with my baby because she was, because her weight dramatically dropped within three days. Uh, she went down to, I think it was roughly around about 3.5 pounds And she was needed to be ventilated. She needed to be um, transferred to a different hospital to a higher category of care. Right. So um, he kindly came down and thought it was the right thing to do to explain this to me personally, rather than, you know, just transferring messages through nurses and stuff like that, Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: which which was amazing. So while I was there, I was in hospital. uh, Sorry, I was in intensive care for about five days. And I was hospitalised for 10, 10 days in total. Well, 10 days after being in intensive care. Right. And um, I wasn't allowed to see her for 14 days. There was a lot of confusion around seeing her um, while I was in hospital and while I was still coming up with positive results of COVID.
0: What was your life like during those two weeks you were separated from your daughter?
1: It was absolute torture that's the only word I can use so the first as I said the first few days I didn't really know what was going on because I was in pain and I couldn't breathe and I was being ventilated myself Mm -hmm. and then obviously people's nurses and that were telling me you know here's your baby have a look like pictures I'd got my first picture of her was a fuzzy printout picture on a bit of paper um and it was hard it was hard for me to process because I knew I'd had a baby but I was so ill myself that yeah. it was just a very hard situation to be in. Um, when I realised everything and I was getting stronger and I wanted to be able to see her, I then started questioning why I couldn't see her. Obviously, I understood we were in two different hospitals. So I was thinking, well, as soon as I get t- discharged from hospital, I'll be allowed to come and see her, no problem. But because all these hospitals haven't ever experienced a COVID, COVID pandemic before, they, they didn't know how to deal with me and they just kept changing the goalposts all the time. And yeah, and it was just so unfortunate that nobody really knew how to handle my situation.
0: Right, right. Because I guess um, with it being a situation of them not going through a pandemic before, I guess that's probably where the confusion came in Did you feel that there was a lot of empathy for your situation of having a baby during a pandemic and basically in effect being forcedly separated from from seeing your daughter? I'll
1: be honest, with regards to the hospital that I was in, yes. With regards to the hospital that my daughter was in, no. I, I felt they just thought that they had the right to tell me no and I had to accept that no as the answer. And obviously, I was a mother who was absolutely desperate. Like, I've got a newborn baby I have not even mm-hmm. touched, smelled mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. And it was just an experience that I've never had before. And, there's, and I didn't know my rights. And it was only when I got home that I then started crying out for help. And it was actually my Instagram account that helped me to know my rights as a mother. There are so many different charities out there that have been doing loads of research into mothers and babies with positive covid Because, you know, there are are some women out there that are pregnant, have their baby naturally, and they're COVID positive, and they're allowed to breastfeed straight away. Whereas I was still COVID positive, and I wasn't even allowed to see her. I understand she was high risk, but it wasn't until later and after making a few letters of complaint and doing a little bit more research that I found out that actually I was allowed to see her and as the hospital she was in should have provided me with an isolated room so I wasn't at risk to anybody else Mm -hmm. and they should have provided me with PPE so that I could physically
0: be with my daughter. Mm -hmm. So basically after all of what you went through, finding out that actually legally you had a right to see your daughter must have been so frustrating.
1: Oh, I was in floods of tears every single day. I felt like all I was doing was constantly arguing with
0: people. And
1: because when you phone up the hospital, because I I only ever had telephone conversations with them, it was just nobody could give me a straight, direct answer. Mm -hmm. Everybody was giving me a different answer. And, And I think what made matters even worse is that my husband, who was living with me at the time when I was discharged from hospital, was allowed to go and see her. And yet I wasn't. Yeah, because was that
0: doesn't make any sense at all because he's with no. you. So
1: yeah, we sleep in the same bed together. Is he's, that, he's your
0: husband. So <laughs>
1: exactly. You, you know, he needs that close contact with me every single day. Yet he was allowed to go in the hospital and see her. It made no sense at all. None.
0: Yeah. And I guess the frustrating thing for you as well is not feeling heard and ultimately finding out that your rights were taken away from you. Um the good thing about it is that you obviously understood that there's a situation, there's a pandemic going on and everything else. But I guess it's the unanswered questions, the constant going around a, a, a solid answer. Um, as to why you can't see your daughter and then finding out that after all you are entitled legally to, you you were entitled to see her. Um, explain the feeling of the day your family got to see your daughter or you got to see your daughter and the experience of being able to bring her home.
1: Well, the first day I got to see her, it was just all very last minute. So she was in uh, her hospital for 14 days and I was told that I, wasn't, I still wasn't allowed to see her and I needed to push it back to 21 days of not seeing her.
0: Right. Well, because
1: I was so desperate, I rang up the hospital that she was originally born in and where I was, and I said to them, this is what's happening. What, you know, Where's my rights? How does it stand? Can I get her transferred back to you? Anyway, they looked into it for me and spoke to their infect- infection control team, and I got a phone call back, and I don't even know who it was, and I wish I did, and she said to me, we are going to make this work for you today. And, but I didn't believe it, but she did, and by wow. the afternoon... I was in full PPE, which was, I didn't care. I would accept that. I just got to see her. It was the most, to say it was emotional is just an understatement. I'm getting emotional now thinking about it. Like To see her, like, as they opened up the little winky bag to hand her to me, it was just an overwhelming feeling of just relief. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because I had a baby and I was just so scared I wasn't going to bond with her because I wasn't seeing her, she wasn't smelling me, she wasn't hearing me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you, you, I didn't need to worry about that at all because as soon as I had her, this rush of love just
0: came flowed, over. Yeah,
1: it, it was incredible, absolutely incredible. And also as well, we, we always said that if we had a little girl, we was going to call her Nancy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But after three days of seeing her, When uh, I was going in and out, in and out, I was like, oh, my God, she is so not a Nancy. And so uh, we ended up calling her Bonnie, which meant sweet little thing.
0: Yeah. Because she was so tiny. It's so nice as well, because obviously naturally as a mother, you would have worried about... Because even when you were telling your story, just now I was listening, I was like, I bet the bonding part is quite worrying because, you know, usually when you have a baby, they rush to put the baby on you to smell you. Yeah, And obviously she... recognizes being in your belly and hearing your voice and then two weeks of not hearing your voice and all of those things to go through for two weeks straight and that moment must have been so emotional.
1: Again another thing like for my Instagram account there was there's an account on there that told um, that was basically promoting reading to your child and Mm -hmm. so what I did in the end was I um, recorded my voice reading a little book to her on my husband's phone and he took it there and he had his um, earphones there and he, he played it to her. And mm. I know, I don't know whether she could react to it or anything, but for me, that was just such a reassuring feeling that she could hear my voice.
0: Yeah, yeah. What was the process like getting her ready to come home and be discharged from the hospital?
1: Okay, so um, it was quite a hard process to get her home. because The reason being is two weeks before... All of this had happened. Um, my neighbor had actually knocked on my door and it was quarter to five in the morning, and I heard some horrendous screams. And my husband ran downstairs, and as by the time I got downstairs, there was a baby in his arms. Um, and unfortunately, the baby had died of SIDS, which is cop death. Oh my god! Oh, so, um, which is absolutely horrendous. He had to give the baby CPR. Um, there was an um, ambulance paramedics police everything in my house there must have been about 30 people in my house at that point yes. before all of this had happened i was obviously very heavily pregnant at the time so i was distraught right so the process of getting bonnie home was very hard because when you're in um, the neonatal department they drum into your head about cot death and how prone premature babies are to cot death because of they can't control their body temperature right with everything going on it made me feel even more insecure about bringing her home which is sad um but they did build on our confidence with regards to that so there's a checklist they have to go through um and it's kind of like you know bathing your baby making sure you do it correctly mm-hmm. um CPR training which was horrendous because the dummy doll is so lifelike right. so when we went through the CPR training we couldn't do it we couldn't complete it straight away we had to do it again and that was
0: and then quite hard mind thing. what happened two weeks prior
1: yeah, they knew everything. So they'd actually, bless them, wrote um, like a little notes in uh, Bonnie's file so that they could read about the parents because they'd never come across a situation like ours. So on, on top of experiencing that trauma, I've had the trauma of coming out oh. of intensive care and then seeing my baby and then my baby coming home and being released on oxygen and a lot of medication. So it was a lot to deal with, a lot to deal with.
0: I couldn't. The trauma of seeing the baby so helpless and lifeless, not even knowing that two weeks later, what your own trauma was going to face as well, it's a bit. It's a lot for one person. I feel
1: massively. It's, it was so much to take in. So that's why we was a little bit apprehensive about bringing our home early, because. You know, it, uh, well, I didn't sleep when she came home for age for a very long time to the point where they was actually considering putting me on a low dose, dosage of sleeping tablets because your body does need to rest to be yeah. able to recover. And I couldn't allow myself to do it because I was just fearing the worst. And although, you know, you have the reassurance she's attached to oxygen, you know, it's, it's probably very unlikely that she would have SIDS because she's pumped full of oxygen constantly. You still can't let go of that feeling or fear or you don't as a mother anyway with a normal pregnancy a normal- yeah
0: and as I said you actually saw it in yeah. whilst pregnant which is so traumatizing anyway I was just so worried because in
1: hospital she used to have these things called desats where she would lose her breath and oh she was hooked up to a monitor and when she came come home she wasn't going to be hooked up to a monitor so there was a lot of fear around the day she was coming home and because the hospital staff were so understanding of, you know, everything they'd been through is quite traumatic as it is anyway, they actually allowed us to stay in a room for two nights in the hospital with her so that we had an on-call button to build up our confidence to wow. um, basically be with her for 24 hours a day. But if we did feel scared or worried or we needed any help, we could, and that helped us so much. So then the day when she we was actually discharged, it was just full of excitement because we'd already built up our confidence. It only took a few days for her to slip into routine, and we managed our medication fine. And so you also had like to that. deal
0: with the fact that your daughter's a preemie as well. So I guess you had yeah, to. Yeah,
1: it was. It, yeah, I mean, seeing a tiny little baby, you just think, how the hell is themselves, aren't they? How how do they get through it? They just They're just incredibly
0: strong. Yeah. I mean, just by you explaining the story, I know that your little girl is a survivor and a tough old cookie. So Surprisingly, (laughs) she's laid
1: back as well, which is just shocking.
0: (laughs) Yeah. At what point did you start realising the experience that you've gone through has started to affect your mental health? Uh,
1: The very same day that I discharged, I got discharged and come home. I'll never forget it. I was sitting on the sofa and my hu- I've got another daughter. My husband was dealing with her and he said, I'll order a takeaway. We'll treat ourselves to a takeaway. And I was sitting there and I was trying to order a takeaway on my phone through Just Eat uh-huh. and I couldn't do it. I couldn't focus on doing it. And I got so upset and I was just thinking, oh, my God, this isn't me. Like, what has happened?
0: Uh-huh.
1: And it was obviously being very overwhelmed coming home from hospital and things like that. My concentration levels were gone but I just knew something wasn't right then. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to bed, that's when it all started really badly because I kept where obviously I was used to hearing beeping machines that were tracking my breath so that I knew I was okay. Mm -hmm. I I hadn't heard that anymore and I was trying to drift off to sleep, but I was so scared that if I went to sleep, what if I couldn't breathe? And then I wouldn't wake up. Um, And then all that just took its toll on me after a while. I wasn't sleeping and then ocd started developing where i was there was i had a well still got a huge issue with security risks um and i think it's just being so fearful of losing my life that when you come home and normality hits you yeah things other fear factors start to take your place so i have to make sure all the windows and doors are locked three times before i go to bed right i am getting for it and stuff like
0: that so it's okay it's all yeah yeah and I think it's so um one amazing that you recognize you needed help and wasn't scared to get it two you're so open with being verbalizing what you're going through and then I was just thinking about it I guess when you was in hospital all you had to focus on at that time was just survival obviously you're a mum and a wife and a daughter a sister so you all you're just thinking survive survive survival mode and then I guess when you go home you're fine everything in you is just about sort of taking its toll of the, the journey you just went through if that makes sense you're able to process everything that you've actually gone through if that made yes. any sense
1: yeah no you totally does because um for instance with regards to not seeing my other daughter as well that had a massive impact on me yeah. and my daughter do- but like I felt like she had changed so much that I didn't know who she was. Of course, I did know who she was, but it was just that was incredible as well. When I come home, she gave me the biggest hug, but mm-hmm. I felt like her attitude had changed a little bit because I hadn't been with her,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that 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 took its toll on me massively.
0: Yeah, because I guess as well, this was never in your plans. I, I for sure you just obviously I'm assuming <laughs> thought you'd give birth on the. The day that you give birth and you come home, no. you know. How are things with your family now? What's the great milestones your daughter's achieved from the hospital up until this point?
1: Okay, so now obviously she's she's home, she's um nearly six months now, but her corrected age is like three months. Mm-hmm. Um, well, over three months, I should say, she was 10 weeks early, and um she's come off the oxygen completely now, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. And She is being weaned off of her medication and she's been taken off of all of her bulking agents as well because she needed a lot of bulking agents to fatten her up. Right. So she's, from now, from like the day she was in hospital till now, she is
0: thriving, absolutely thriving. Amazing. So being home, she took to it like duck to water. Yes,
1: she really did. And it just, I suppose it's just because she's in our arms every day, you know, familiar sounds because they say you know they know their home sounds and stuff when they're Uh in the stomach yeah it's um she really has settled in well it's like she's never been
0: here you know yeah yeah that's amazing that everyone like you and her especially are getting over the trauma of what you guys went through I'm sure when she's older as well a lot older you can explain to her exactly what you guys have been through is probably going to be the milestone as to why you're you Get so close you know because
1: yeah definitely
0: such a start to a story what's the main thing you want other mothers and families to learn from your experience
1: so I would say for any mum that is going through a similar situation to me or even not and their their baby is just in hospital or their child's in hospital is to absolutely 100% trust their gut instinct Mm -hmm. on any worries or concerns they may have I think that we put too much trust in medical professionals and mm-hmm. I know that they're absolutely incredible modern medicine is amazing mm-hmm. but if we're not sure on something we should question it and if we're still not sure we should question it again until we understand and we're happy with the answer mm-hmm. because no mother should ever be separated from their child our rights are as a mother to be around them 24 7 and that is it
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's an amazing message to pass on and even given your experience of what you've been through to pass on the fact that, you know, other women that may have been going through or are going through in fact I found out the other day that my cousin who is pregnant with twins has contacted and she's got COVID no so, yes and she's quite early she- pregnant given sort of your story and then if anyone who is going through this while there is a pandemic will be able to know that they have rights to see their children and be around their children yeah. um, legally and they can yeah. you know so you should be proud that you you're able to be a voice for for that so I think that's a real good thing.
1: Yeah definitely so because obviously COVID is going to be around for a while now uh-huh. and not everybody's gonna have their jabs So everybody still does need to be careful. But yeah around mothers and children with COVID you
0: can be with your child. Gina to thank you so much for taking this time out to tell us your story and share your story thanks very much for having me thank you you can find Gina on Instagram at Mrs G Glover all of her details will be in the description of the podcast thank you guys for listening in Thank you for listening in to this week's episode. Feel free to leave a comment, like, and share this episode. If you want a chance to be a guest on the show, all you have to do is send me a DM on my Instagram, which is at the Mummy Warriors. See you next week.